RadioInfluence.com. All righty, what's happening? How's everybody? How you doing? How you doing, guys? Are you hanging? All right, what do we got today? Today on the Rock Stops here. I've been doing a lot of national names, but you know what I find out? It doesn't matter whether it's national, local, this and that. It's pretty much the same. I'll tell you all about the whole details of this Rock Stops here, but let me let me welcome in my guest, and then after I talk to my man Dan, uh, then I'll hit you up on what's been going down, some of my takes on what I'm seeing, and just thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get to my guest. How did he make it to the top? Now, he has been at the same station, the same TV station in Tampa Bay for over 20 years. To me, in this business, if you're in a market like Tampa, which is a top 15 market, is it t- is it about 10 now, a number 11, 12? We're, the population is growing. Well, whatever. Dan Lucas has been at News Channel 8, WFLA. It's the NBC affiliate. He's been the sports director, the main sports guy for over 20 years. And he's raised his family. And life, you know, life is good. And he's had to make a lot of sacrifices and missing out on some family times and things with his, you know, growing up and wishing he could be there. But you just can't when you're the main guy and you have a full time gig. And so there's you got to give up something to be something. And so, you know what, man, to me. This is as good as being a big national or on ESPN, NFL Network, uh, some of these NFL insiders, uh, you know, that I've been interviewing. You know what, man? It's Tampa, but it's 20 years and he's got staying power. How did he do it? How did he do it? How is he doing it? Because he's still doing it. So without further ado, very interesting. The career, how he's been able to do it for so long. The one, the only, News Channel 8's. Dan, the man, Lucas. All right, Dan Lucas, Channel 8, NBC affiliate, WFLA for how many years now? Rock, I've been at Channel 8 since 2001. I don't even know what the math is. I can't even add that up. It's it's over 20 years. That's amazing. Yeah, over 20 years now. And, and I got into the business in 1994. So that's twenty over 25, 26, 27, whatever that math turns out to. You, you forget math over the years. You stop adding it up, but it's been a, a long journey. And, once you, and, and there aren't many jobs or occupations where you can land somewhere and truly have a career. You know, you're moving around from here to there in this business. Uh, and I'm, I'm a Tampa guy. I grew up in Tampa, so I've got a support system. I didn't even know yeah. you grew up in Tampa. I didn't so I, I'm bl- lucky, blessed yeah. to, to you, you, you start to get complacent in your life because you, you're just happy. You, I, I remember you, I think you came right from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Was that your first broadcasting job? And did you go right from there to News Channel 8? I went, uh, left college. I went to Florida State. And I moved up to Pennsylvania, got my job uh, at the NBC station there in Johnstown. It was one of those markets. Um, it's like a tri-city Johnstown, Altoona. And for me, the best part was State College. I loved it. Oh, I covered Penn State football all winter long, Penn State basketball. I had never done wrestling before. That's a big deal. 
up there. Penn State wrestling's huge. Uh, it was a blast. I had a good time, and I came down uh, for a different job. Uh, didn't get out of the TV industry, but I was at PBS and more into uh, producing, and, and we were trying to get the sports show launched, and then things uh, quickly shifted over uh, to Channel Eight about a year and a half later. So it was it was a, that's what got me back down to Tampa. Next thing you know, I'm back in the news business, which I didn't know if I would ever be back in it. Interesting. Tell me about that. I didn't know that. So it was a PBS. Tell, tell me I, that I didn't know. Yeah, I'm a good. One of my mentors, a uh, guy that I interned under at uh, Channel 10 in uh, in St. Pete, uh, Paul Grove is his name. He was uh, one of the uh, executives uh, at WEDU in Tampa. So he brought me down and, and uh, we would produce shows. We would pledge drives. That was one of my main jobs. And, uh, I worked on public television for a little bit. New Jersey Network. I know, I know. Public television is a different beast. Yes, and uh, there's a lot of uh, different aspects uh, compared to local TV news where it's a little more laid back thing. I loved it. I thought it was really great because you got holidays off. <laughs> Didn't really have to work weekends, uh, which in the TV news industry, it's 24-7. And whatever you're working, you're working. So I enjoyed that. But uh, and I moved over uh, back into news and uh, inched my way into the sports department. And uh, there, the rest is it. I, I, I worked for a little bit, not much under the great Chris Thomas, but uh, I worked with J.P. Peterson, and uh, then eventually Dave Reynolds came in. So at one time it was me, J.P., and Dave in the office. That's that's when I really started to get going here. Gotcha. What do you think? How much? How much has the business changed? Are there still some basics, man, that you got to follow? And how much have you noticed in the twenty years has this business changed? Well, when I first started working in this industry, the 24-hour news channels and sports channels hadn't really taken hold. Now, there was ESPN in that, but you didn't have the internet, so you didn't have things instantaneously. So people still would tune into the 6 o'clock news to see what happened that day around the world, What's the forecast going to be? And for me, when I first started, I was like, what are the pirates doing today? <laughs> you know, uh, they're out, out in the West Coast. What did the pirates do last night? What are the pens doing? Uh, that type of thing. It's changed a little bit now because we have so much access instantaneously to uh, what's going on with your favorite teams if you want to follow a team. But what we do is still wrap it up. And we still have, uh, you know, the, the pertinent nugget, I guess you could say, in our, in our little segments uh, the, throughout the evening, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, that, uh, you know, if, if you're watching at home, you're going to catch the gist of what's going on. If you want to go deeper, you have the opportunity to go deeper. But I'm going to give you what happened today, at the, for instance, at the scouting combine. I'm going to, you know, when you talk to Bruce Arians, talk to Jason, I'm going to tell you what they said. You're not going to hear the whole six minutes, but uh, you're going to know. You're, you're going to know if you watch us what's going on with your teams. Now, you've also had the opportunity uh, to do sidelines on Buccaneer NFL preseason games. What's, what, what's that experience like? What are the fans might not know? What's it like down there on the sidelines? I think it's great. And here's a here's an inside uh, something I don't tell too many people. That's out of my comfort zone. Yeah, I've never aspired to be a sideline reporter. It just never appealed to me. I, I, you know, I, I admire the sideline reporters, and I think they do a great job, and I think they're relevant. Uh, but when we 
you know, got the official Buck Station uh, designation. Part of that is you now we broadcast the preseason games, and I wasn't the first person to do the sidelines. We've we've had different people doing it. It just kind of came to my era, I guess you could say. And the first time I ever did it, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so they said to me, "Listen, you have one job: interview the coach at halftime. <laughs> Two questions. If, if we'll start with that, and then we'll work our way to other things." I think what I, what's really neat about it is, and I say out of my comfort zone, is you're coming up with things on the fly. Uh, and especially in the preseason, when it's not the star players playing, you have the guys trying to make the team. I know stories about these guys just from going to camp that that uh, our play-by-play guy, Chris Myers, and, and of course, Ronde Barber, our color analyst, uh, don't get to get to. So they can come down to me if a guy makes an interception or a sack I can say, yeah, you know what? He's had a, he had a great camp. You know, he came from this school. And, uh, you know, so it lets the, the viewers know a little bit more of the human side of it. So that's what I hope to offer. But I had to grow into that. It was it was, it was was uh, very tough. It was different. Because when you get into the routine and the repetition, you need something to keep you going. That's been it for me. What is the, uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think's the, the toughest uh, part of your job uh, nowadays, Dan? The toughest part of the job is the, it's the hours. It's the, the days. Uh, my son is uh, going to be 16 this summer. And so he's, his entire life I've worked in this industry. Um, you know, I've missed a lot of games. I've missed some birthdays. Uh, and it goes with the whole, the whole family for sure, especially during football season when we all live under a rock. Um, so, and there's holidays that go in there too. So that's the boo-hoo side of it. But as far as my son goes, he, now that he's a little older, he's, he's appreciates what I do a little bit more. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is kind of cool. In fact, um, in Indianapolis, the Bucks played at Indianapolis Thanksgiving weekend and I took him with me. And, uh, so he went and, and, uh, and got him tickets to the game. He was with, uh, my coworker's brother. Uh, so his first Bucks road game, he's, while well, we're walking around Indy, it's different experience for him. That's something that other kids don't get. So that's where now I am kind of in my life showing him different things. And I think, so I think it's pretty neat. So sometimes we say, oh, you know, we drag ourselves in here and we do this, but there are things you get to do that others don't. That's a plus. Just a couple more. Anything of your long career that really stands out to you, maybe something that you were really proud of, either something shocking. I mean, you've done Super Bowls. You've done Stanley Cup finals. You've done uh, World Series. You've done day-to-day stuff. You've done features. You've done high school. You've done it all. Anything, is there anything that stands out uh, at the top for you, Dan? You know, it's funny you ask because... I had beer on my suit when the Lightning won the Stanley Cup in 04. Uh, the Bucks Super Bowls obviously stand out. All the, the, the places you go, the things you see, even Antonio Brown ripping off his shirt in MetLife Stadium, I, I can say. Were you there? I was there. I witnessed it. Um, these are all little things. You, you tell funny stories. But what sticks out? I'll tell you what sticks out. Sitting in the dugout in Port Charlotte, talking with Don Zimmer. That's just, to me, uh, as I get older, I look back and, you know, we're, we're losing all of these, these great ones. 
And I wish I could sit down with him again. And, and I never will. So we sat, I remember talking to him in Port Charlotte one day uh, about just him living in, uh, in Treasure Island and his short drive to work at the TROP. And uh, he said he wanted to petition to have all the red lights removed so he could, <laughs> so he could make it to work in about eight minutes. And, uh, you know, just silly, silly things that at the time, you, it's, it's, a, it's a funny conversation. You move on. And, and for the rest of my life, I'll cherish that because he's gone. And, you know, and Leroy Selman, same thing. I remember Leroy Selman telling me once uh, how the kids, he would come home from practice and one kid would rub one foot and the other kid would rub the other foot and they would sit and watch TV. And he goes, yeah, that was, that was, that was our bonding time. But he, they don't understand. I actually needed the massage because yeah. <laughs> they didn't have those back in the day. But, you know, Leroy's gone. And those are, those are stories you can't get back. So now I notice, especially when I talk to younger people, I try to make them, you know, listen, you know, do a lot of listening. Don't make it about you and do a lot of listening because one day those stories are gone and you're going to be able to pass that stuff along. So for me in the industry, that's what I've come to realize now is, is, uh, you know, you got to pass along some, some of the older generations to the younger because one day Leroy Salmon will not be a common name or Don Zimmer may not be a common name. You got to be able to keep these things going. That is yeah. awesome. I guess we can end it there unless you got something to add, because I always ask all of my guests at the end, I know you get it a lot. Like what advice do you give to someone that's young that wants to get into this business? That was pretty good right there. You got anything else, to, Dan? Well, as far as what is knowing what to do or you want to get into it, you can sit there and watch all the sports you want memorize all the stats you want and that stuff's certainly helpful but no matter what you do in this industry you better learn how to write and i mean you and i'm not talking about write a sentence i'm talking about write for print write for well the print the web write for television write for radio it, it's all different you could be sitting there right now going what what are you talking about it is all you, there's training and there's a way to do it uh, when I, you pick an object, a cinder block on the street and write an article about it, describe it to me or on TV, I can show it to you. I don't have to say much. How do I write to that? Little things. And then just repetition, repetition, repetition. That's going to get you going. You can do anything in this industry. I swear, man, the majority of broadcasters on air... When I ask them that, they all say it comes back to writing. That is amazing. All right, listen, continued success. News Channel 8, Dan Lucas. Thanks for doing this, man. You got to rock. Be good. You know, it's funny. I remember I've been around here so long now that I actually remember when he came here from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and now, I mean, there have been so many that have come and gone. And I really do give him credit because if you're not a really, let's call it like it is. If you are a beautiful girl, woman, uh, young and you're attractive, you've got more of a shot than uh, uh, an everyday Joe. Let's call it like it is. And for him to be able to stay here and make it this long, man, I really, I really give him credit. I was just thinking of all the people that came through. And the other thing about it too is like, he's real. He doesn't have any big ego. He's just a good guy. 
Again, number one, staying power. If you are a good person, or what did uh, Peter Schrager of NFL Network tell me? Don't be an asshole. I was like, yeah, that's what I say, Peter. You know, just be a good person. He's like, it's beyond being a good person. Don't be an asshole. Be good to people. Look people in the eye. Be honest with people. Be a good person. Just be good. Dan Lucas is a good person. And, you know, there have been quite a few since he has been at this News Channel 8 in Tampa Bay that have come on and got on to uh, success outside of the market. Um, I had her on a podcast a couple months ago, Annie Sabo. She is now doing pregame on TV for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, broadcast. Her dad was uh, Chris Sabo. Remember Chris Sabo with that that flat top and the glasses? Cincinnati Reds. Do you remember that if you were an older geezer like me? and But she really didn't use the name Sabo to make it. But she, she, you know, she went to college at Michigan, I think she was telling me. And then Corpus Christi, Texas. She had one more gay. It might have been Nashville, Tampa, but she's only been two years. She's been on the move. And again, she's very attractive. She has a great, you know, great delivery and blah, blah, blah. And then she went to uh, Minnesota, Bally's, and she was covering the Minnesota pro teams and anchoring. And then her hubby was is a golf pro, so they couldn't live in Minnesota. So she left the job. And now, now, and then now with their Sabo name, Okay, Cincinnati Reds, perfect fit. Uh, Gabby Shirley, who is the Tampa Bay Lightning rinkside reporter. She was at News Channel 8 being a reporter. And uh, Paul Gerke, I remember him. He came in a little bit on the cocky side, you know, but uh, he had a very good delivery, and he looks good on camera. And he left News Channel 8. And he went to Phoenix as a main news anchor. And then he left to go to New York as a national reporter. This Quibi didn't work. Now he got another gig and he's a national reporter out of New York. So my point is there's been a lot at uh, this affiliate in Tampa that have gone on to big time success. And to me, you balance life like living in Tampa Bay is not too bad. And he's been able to raise his family here. And to me, that's, that's the quality. It's quality of life. You got to, yeah, I got to balance. So thank you. Thank you very much, Dan Lucas. And thank you to Bobby. He's a long time photog taking a picture and always supportive Bob Hansen and, and then the crew, uh, they're over at news channel eight. So thanks, man. Keep it going. Keep it going. Don't be a jag off. Keep being yourself. Speaking of having balance, I've been able to have a little balance the last couple of uh, weeks. This this week especially, spend a little bit more family time. Now I'm recording this out on the back patio. It's still warm. It's still cool enough where I can do this without it boiling. It's probably about eleven thirty and almost noon, and it's a nice day. But we're we're coming into our summer heat early here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, usually you know. So anyway, if you hear some birds chirping in the background, I'm here on my patio just chilling out. Uh, my son, Hunter, Hunty Man, is coming down. He'll be here in about an hour. That's all I wanted to record this. So that's always a good thing. He lives about 30 minutes away, 25 minutes. Uh, he's living with his mom. And then, of course, Addie is here with Emily and I and our doggy. 
and spend a little bit more time lately. Like last night, we went to this outdoor park, a stage performance of Footloose. Now, you know what, man? I remember there was Kevin Bacon. I remember the Footloose, the song. I didn't. I did. I did. The stage, the theater, it's nice to see. I'm trying to be a little bit more well-rounded, but it's really not, you know. I remember a long time ago when I was in my 20s at New Jersey Network, and I was dating a girl, and she said, Patty, said, well, I'm taking you to the Broadway. We, told, we saw a show, and we went into this theater. I don't even remember what it was, what play it was. I, I know they were, I think, Japanese or Chinese. I knew they, they were dancing around, and somebody slipped and fell on stage. And my reaction, I'll never forget, I went like, shit, or oh. And she looked at me and every head turned around. It was just like a slip, like boom, boom, down on the stage. And I was like, oh, and, and, and she could have crowned me, man. And uh, so, I mean, the, the, the stage thing. Now, my daughter is doing these performances, and I love everything that she's in. And she's got a big one coming up, Shrek. She's got like four lead parts in her own thing. I mean, she's just been doing it since a kid. She loves it. She's, oh my God. So I can't wait for that. You know what I mean? But Emily's mom wanted to treat us all. I thought it was just the girls were going to be going. A Mother's Day gift. Uh, you know, you're listening to this. It was last week. And I was like, oh, where are you going? Oh, American Stage. It's called American Stage in the Park. It's in downtown uh, St. Pete, St. Pete, Florida. De Demon's Landing, Demon's Landing. And there's like boats there. It's a nice little spot by what was called Al Lang Stadium. All right. Any of you are from the Tampa Bay area, you know what I'm talking about. Outside of Tampa Bay, this old time stadium was just so legendary for baseball. I still wish it was. Now, I know the Rowdies, they're in the USL. They're not in the uh, MSL. But, you know, they use it there and they've got a little bit of a niche following. And that's great. But I just remember it, man, as a kid growing up in New Jersey and watching New York Mets spring training games, and they would take that wide shot and you would see the water and the boats. And I was like, oh, and then coming down here, I got down here right maybe the one year of like the St. Louis Cardinals used to train. And yeah, I, I do. Cause I remember this place it's later called the Namoli complex. And I remember going over there and I think I got, I might have interviewed Lou Brock or something. That was my first year here, down here full time. So the Cardinals used it. And then there were Mets prior to that. And then of course the Tampa Bay Devil Rays used it. And it's still just a nice little off the water, picturesque ballpark. Still to me, it's a baseball ballpark. I wish they could use that again. I wish they could use that for spring training again. The poor Charlotte thing, but that's for another, that's for another day. So anyway, we went to the, so I thought, I remember Emily, my wife telling me like a couple of weeks, you know, we're going to do this thing, the footloose nanny, her mother and Addie. I was oh, that's great. It's a girl's night out. Oh, that's great. The night before St. Patrick's Day or before uh, Mother's Day. And then, <laughs> Uh, no, the tickets you and Pop Pop are going too. Oh, okay. Oh, when's that start? Eight o'clock. Oh, two. I looked it up. Two hours and thirty minutes. Oh, and then a half time. I mean, a a fifteen minute intermission. Oh, that's a three hour thing. Okay. 
Meanwhile, I had a couple of, quite a few beers the night before, and it's going to be hot. You know, all that thing, just laughing around. But in the end, it was really, really nice. You could sit outside and you bring these chairs. We parked really close because parking's another deal, like in St. Pete and especially also in downtown Tampa. I mean, it's getting so built up. I don't want to sound like the old get off my lawn. Oh, it's all, oh, it's all, oh, this is too much. No, but we're growing like crazy down here. Oh, my God. And it's just, but we were able to park right at like $5, boom, put it in. Oh, that's what I wanted to bring up. I'll tell you this. I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to. No one checked our tickets. It's kind of like an honor system. Now, Emily's mother bought the tickets. This is an outdoor play called Footloose. And they're professionals. The choreography, the stage, the sound, the lighting, everything top notch. Fantastic. No one checks your tickets. Like, and the tickets her mom bought online, I think they were $30 a piece. There's three of us, four, that's five people. I mean, they had these volunteer older ladies, and they're just like, okay, yeah, 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 we, we, we got our ticket. Okay, they didn't check. And I told Emily, like, driving back, when is the last time? Has there, I, that's the first time. Even in a movie theater, they check to see if you have a ticket, right? Um, you can't get through the door. Like, have you been anywhere, any game, any performance, any concert, anything where it's just an honor system? You just walk, you walk to the park, you walk in and nobody checks your ticket. I, that blew me away. But I guess how many are going to try to sneak in to Footloose play? <laughs> musical <laughs> maybe that's it very nice oh my god and we brought food we went to the subway sandwiches brought that i we had neds we'd figure like let's do sandwiches you know two ladies that's uh, salads but haven't been to a subway in a long time the bread it was good it was great it was great we had chips and drinks nice her dad bought me a beer and we had a nice nice time so that was nice. And then on Mother's Day, we ended up playing tennis, Addie, myself, and her, because that's what my wife loves to do. She played tennis in high school, and she was a tennis instructor at some camps when she was younger, and she likes it. And our daughter's taking lessons and just enjoys it outside. And so we did that. And it's just nice. It was just nice. So, I mean, uh, it's nice to balance it out. I think any too much of one thing is just no good. You can't be all in all the time on just one thing. Don't you agree? Balance, 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 my son. All righty. So what else we got cooking? So I've been continuing now. By the time this plays, I don't know whether or not the Lightning are going to be eliminated or still on a playoff run. I'm recording this where they got to have kind of a must win. So I don't want to make this dated, but I do want to say this, like being able to be back. I keep stressing this on these points. I know you guys don't give a shit, but to be able to be back, to go in and interview, to be up close, personal, no more Zoom. Oh, that's so impersonal, Zoom. And it really is great. And I got to tell you this, this is almost... I, this one is going to be surreal a little bit. Don't call me weirdo. I went to, I've been going to the morning skates. See, in NHL, if you don't know, 
the players, a lot of times it's optional, especially when you get to playoffs, say the season is long. But they gotta they go into the arena on the nights they're gonna play a game. And hockey is a physical mofo. You know that. They actually gotta they go to the arena, they gotta put on all the gear. That's a pain in the ass. That's what Phil Esposito once told me. I said, Phil, you miss it? He goes, I do miss it, but I don't miss putting on all the gear. That's a pain in the ass. And so they put on all the gear, lace it up, tape it up, tape up the skates, all that stuff on, and just to go out on the ice for maybe 45 minutes and do a morning skate, go through some drills, get some shots, get the lactic acid out, then they come back in, and then boom, they get dressed, and then they go back to their house or to the hotel to try to take a nap, and then they come back in in the early, early evening, late afternoon, early evening, for uh, for their game. So, man, it's incredible. But what I have noticed, and I always thought this, look, there's good ones and there's bad ones just in life. Same thing with sports, interviewing players, coaches. The majority are good. There are some that are out there. But hockey players, for whatever reason, maybe they came from small towns. I don't know. Whatever it is, they seem to be the most down to earth. And there was a lightning fan that I just noticed this morning before I did this podcast. The, and I've seen that there's fans that wait in the entrance to the parking lot of the players parking lot where the players park at Emily arena. And there's only one way in and one way out. And the majority of these players on the way out, regardless of how tired they are, stop and roll down their window and take selfies and sign. It's incredible. And the other night, after a disappointing playoff loss, and you know they give everything in playoff hockey, this fan that came up on my feed takes a picture, Steven Stamkos, after a brutal loss in the playoffs, still gets out of his car. And takes a picture. And he made sure that he wasn't totally like, hey, big smile, because someone would use that. It would go viral. Oh, the lightning lost. And look at him. And and there he's nice enough to do that. Uh, Just, just, just good, good people. And it's funny because when I was at Morning Skate the other day, the night before I went, I had a dream that I was, I was able to throw a football again, throw a, I was somewhere, I don't know where I was. You know how sometimes your dreams are not, they don't all make sense, like it's it's jumbled. I was somewhere, and I just, somebody gave me, there was a football there, and it was a regular, like, jumble, and I just took it without warming up or anything, because, again, I've had two shoulder surgeries. I pitched my entire life in baseball. After college, it was amateur leagues all the way through. 44, had my first surgery, came back, pitched at 50, shoulder surgery again because I pitched so much. It was so ripped. And uh, I just haven't pitched again, you know, because I I can sleep without pain. I can sleep on that side. It's great. I slept my entire life with pain on that side, left side. So I just don't do it. And um, so in my dream, though, like I still sometimes dream that I can, I'm throwing again. And I dreamt that I took a football and threw a pass to somebody. And then the lightning's, star defenseman. His name is Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman appeared in a dream and he was there and he ran out for a pass for me. 
and I took it and I underthrew it just, 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 just slightly, but it got to him, but by, by like to his chest and he caught it. And I was like, that is so cool. I threw a pass to Victor Hedman. The next day I go to morning skate at Amley arena. Um, we cover the, I cover the press conference. I'm standing in the hallway and I was waiting to get the TV play by play voice. Dave ran forth on my, uh, story I was doing. And I was kind of just standing by myself in the hallway. He was talking to somebody from Toronto. They're milling around. Everybody's just kind of just like low key. And I, and here comes Victor Hedman by himself. And he's walks right by me. And I'm just laughing. I'm not going to say like, Hey, I dreamt about you last night. I mean, they would freaking throw me out of the place. Like, who is this creep? And I didn't want to say anything. And I just said, Hey, Victor, I said, uh, good luck tonight. Man. He goes, thank you. And I just laughed. I'm like, I dreamt that I threw a football, a pass to him the night before. And here I just see him now today. Just he and he walks right by me. Weird. Yes. Am I weird? Yes. And do I still dream about getting on the mound or throwing or playing football at this age? Yes. Is there something weird about that? I don't think so. Uh, believe me, I've debated on starting to throw the ball against the wall, and I think I might because hopefully they will have a media game at Tropicana Field. It is so cool. The Rays did this, have done this forever. They have a media game, and it used to be really good where there would be balls and strikes, and it was like a game, and now they have to put the L screen. That's a that's a screen that they have put up in batting practice just so somebody doesn't get hurt. Oh, the, you know, the Rays don't want to get sued and it's more like just batting practice BP, but you know what? I haven't been able to do it in a couple of years. It would be great. It would be great to throw some BP. You know, I was kidding around with Kevin Cash. He's the Rays manager. And he walked by me in the dugout the other day and I said, Hey man, you're not throwing it. How's your shoulder? And he goes, shoulder. It's my elbow, Tommy John. And he showed me his elbow and then there was a big scar of uh, that he had done because he threw batting practice all the time. I don't think there's many managers in major league baseball that throw batting practice, but he's still the younger guy. He was a catcher. He's not, you know, he still got the arm, but he had to have the surgery and he goes, it sucks. Rehab sucks or something like that. <laughs> but I thought that it was, uh, I thought it was his shoulder, but anyway, there you go. There you go. There you go. All right. You know what? I got to, so I got to get this off my chest. Antonio Brown, you know who Antonio Brown is? A.B., the former NFL wide receiver. Do you think anybody is going to give him a chance? I say no. I would be, I'll be shocked. I don't get shocked on much, but that I will get shocked on. I've been following him on Instagram and it's almost like it's a train wreck. You know, car crash. You go by, you say every time, like, I don't need to see. And you always look over. Don't you always look over? You know, you're bumper to bumper. Everything's going down to one lane. You're like, son of a, why didn't I, you know, and you always look. And I've been trying to like, why, why am I still watching Antonio Brown? It's the pit, not the palace. And he's doing all this rap, but he's not that talented in that. And he wears these boots and he wears one glove and he's, 
He's he, he always, and he's got followers. You know, you're 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 the, you're the goat. You know, they they did you wrong. You know, you 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 be back in the league. You know, oh my God! And I just saw like there was another headline. He even ripped Colin Kaepernick. He like Colin Kaepernick, but he's ripped Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's ripped the Patriots organization. He ripped the Raiders. He's ripped Tom Brady. Of course, he hates the Bucks. Like when it's everybody else, but there's the same pattern here. You know, you're the problem. And it's and he wears these big boots. But it's why am I not unfollowing him? I, I maybe I will. I don't know why. Because sometimes I'm like, why am I still following him? But I just don't see him back in the league. And 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 you know. Uh, I don't care. And he says like no regrets and all that. He's got to, don't you think you're giving up millions and millions. If you just would behave half the, the battle, it's just like Johnny Manziel says. Now he has no regrets. Come on. You must, you were picked in the first round and you could have been a backup. You know, there's guys that make a living being a backup. It's better than being on the street or just partying or just, you know, I know he's trying to take up golf now, you know, but there's gotta be, there's gotta be some regret. You know, I've even got it, you know, a little bit. I spoke, I was at this Bay News 9 slash Bright House Sports Network and I was like, I couldn't keep my mouth shut about all of the high school coverage that we were doing and spending money on and live games. And at one point it was like all high school. We're going to do it because nobody else is doing it. Well, there's a reason. Look, it's a wonderful little niche to help kids and their families for a short stretch, junior and senior year when they're playing a varsity sport. And the only ones that care about that are those families, the uncles, the aunts, the grandparents, the moms and dads, that's it. Even kids that go to those schools, the majority of them don't care, seriously. And I was vocal about it in the office, and then I actually stood up at one point and mentioned something in a meeting, and we had a new boss, and he did not like that, and I was doomed, and then I just was not renewed. And other than that, I had a great reputation, uh, flawless. These reviews that you get, never had a bad one, 18 years. But you know what? I look back on it and I'm like, I'm 50, 50. I'm like, you know what? 18 years is a pretty good run at one station. You know, if I just would have kept my mouth shut and not said too much and do the high school coverage and do the best that I could, which I did when I did it, um, I would have still been there because I had a really, really, really good salary and great benefits. And it's been four and a half years now. And just think if I didn't say anything, but then it's also like, you know what? Maybe it was time. That's time. Like my time was up there, but I'm just, but I'm being honest. I'm like, I'm being honest to you. Sometimes you, you know, it's not right to speak up, you know, especially in an office setting, corporate setting, you know? And that's what I'm saying. Don't you think Johnny Manziel and like Antonio, Antonio Brown, I don't, I, 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 he thinks he's a star rapper and he's all that, but the millions of dollars that you're giving up, man, unbelievable. All right. Um, 
here's another one, and I've hit on him a couple of times. It's Jake Paul. Now, I know the majority of you probably cannot stand Jake Paul. He is a shit talker. He is a trash talker, cocky son of a bitch, YouTuber. And, but damn, does he have confidence. And he really is trying to bring up the pay for boxers and especially UFC guys. And, you know, last week when Canelo Alvarez lost, he went up in weight in boxing and he lost. He was beaten. And here's Jake Paul the next day talking shit. I want Canelo next, but give me three years. Give me three years because he really only has just started boxing. He's only got what? Five fights. That's it. He had no amateur career, nothing. That's it. But just the confidence, the confidence, man, it just, it blows me away. And you know what? I guess you got to have confidence. Like what's your next goal? Do you have a next goal? You got to have a goal. Like I still, I want to, you know, I know what I got on my goal, but you got to have a goal and you got to be confident because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody is going to believe in you. You know what I mean? So I do give him credit for that confidence. You know, I think he's crazy though with Canelo, Canelo Alvarez, even in two, three years, you know, two, three years. Cause he's a bigger man and he knows it, whatever, but it just, it, I, I do have to give him credit there. I do. And you know what? On UFC, I know that that's another niche, although that sport has grown. But uh, Tony Ferguson is a UFC fighter. Now, I met Tony Ferguson. He came in and did TV, a TV show with me uh, here in Tampa Bay a couple of years ago. And this Randy Harris brought him in. I know he's, he loves pizza. They brought him to a pizza place, did a couple of things around Tampa. He was a good guy, good guy. And it was years ago because Conor McGregor was doing his talking and winning. And I'm like, oh, I, I said to him, I said, well, you kick his ass. And he just laughed. Tony Ferguson, though, has lost four fights in a row. He's on a four fight losing streak. But you know what Dana White said? He's still one of the top guys. Like he still moves the needle. There's going to be a time where if you're not going to be able to realize it's time to call it quits, then somebody that you love has got to tell you it's time. It's time, you know? And he got smashed, man, in the face with a foot. This Michael Chandler, and he went to the hospital, luckily. I mean, he went down. It was one of the, it was a vicious knockout. You can see it on YouTube, Tony Ferguson. Face first. I was always told by a boxer, anytime a guy goes down, face first. That can be serious. You're out. It's, it could be day. Your brain has got some rattling going on. It happened. And, uh. But he still moves the needle. It's like Diaz, Nate Diaz. Why does everybody love Nate Diaz? He talks shit. He's the, he's the everyday man. I know he smokes his weed up there in a press conference and da da da. But and what's he really done lately? But yet he's well loved. If you can if you can bring the ratings, it's like in the business that I used to be in. Well, hopefully still in a little bit radio. But if you can bring endorsement, you can bring money. I don't want to mention any names, but People have been asking, what about this guy? How come this guy isn't in? How come this guy is still doing it? But what's he doing now? Well, they put him on this, but he still is bringing it in. It's like, that's it. That's like, it's like I was asked 
I was asked at that American stage in the park, a gentleman came over and he's like, so what about the Tampa Bay bandits? When this USFL, where do they play their games? I'm like, they're playing in Birmingham, Alabama. The league is all playing in one location. Now the XFL next year with Dwayne, the rock Johnson and the NFL is partnered with the XFL. They're going to use them to try out some things and they will have home bases. I think they have more of a shot long-term for spring football. But when I explained to him, I said, it's all about TV uh, content, Fox, uh, these other networks, they need content at this time of year. And so it provides that for them. For the league, it doesn't cost as much because everybody is housed in one spot. The games are all there. You know what I mean? And the ratings were good. Like in the beginning, the ratings, the USFL beat the NBA playoffs, beat the NHL, beat the MLB. You know, so people still love football. But uh, it's about ratings and it's about TV and it's about money. And that's, isn't it always about money? That's how it is. All right. What do we got? Am I about, let's see. I think that's about it really now. Yeah. The, that, uh, that I think that's it for today. Now, next week I was going to play him the barring an unforeseen, uh, superstar, you know, and it's funny. I'm looking at these numbers like, it's probably about the same from when I started. And I thought like, Oh, let me bring on a national name. But if they don't publicize it, it's still, but still when I had on Brent Hatley and Manson from Bubba, the love sponge, those were my biggest clicks. And I'm like, maybe I should just go into the shock genre uh, doing those types of interviews or where we're on shock jocks shows but anyway anyway i've got saved i'm planning on it next week i'm hoping gronk makes a decision rob gronkowski tampa Bay buccaneers i've got tom curran he is with nbc sports boston he's been on the dan patrick show he's covered the patriots for i don't know is it over it's gotta be over 20 years and he really gave me he was tremendous and he gave me great insight on Brady and Gronk and Belichick. And what was he was there every day. What was the difference with Brady, even Gronk, when they were there with the Patriots, the behind the scenes, Robert Kraft, Belichick, compared to what I see here in Tampa Bay. And I was going to play him this week. I wanted to get Dan Lucas, my man, on. So thank you, Dan. That's what I'm planning on next week because it's really, really good insight behind the scenes. How different was it? The new, the Patriot way. What was it like there? What's Belichick like? When's Belichick going to hang it up? What about Robert Kraft? What about that? Brady. So that's going to be, that's planned for next week. Barring a huge name that I run into. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So listen, enjoy. You got to have the balance. You got to have balance, man. Balance in life. My brother had a birthday this week. Happy birthday. I texted him and then later we called and he's like, what was it? Every day on this side of the dirt is a good day. Billy, that is just beautiful because I know we have uh, those in this listening audience that are dealing with health problems and man, my heart goes out to you. Just, there must be a reason. The man upstairs is mean a reason why he's putting you through this, you know. We used to kid around with my mother. I grew up Catholic. 
and we would kid around. It might have been it's it, you know, there's this thing in, with the Catholic religion, like there's heaven, of course there's hell, purgatory. What the heck was purgatory? If you weren't good enough to go right to heaven, you weren't bad enough to go to the fires of hell. You go to purgatory. What's that like kind of a waiting room until you're called up to the show to heaven? And with my mother, who never did anything wrong, never did, took a drink, didn't demote, didn't do anything, always for her family and her children and her husband and just unbelievable. When she gets to the pearly gates, there's going to be an angel with one of those flags. You know, when you see at a race, you know, gentlemen start your engines and they give you the race or they, or at the end, the checkered flag, there's going to be an angel probably with those St. Joseph sandals on right there at the pearly gates. And like with a, with a flag, like, okay, you, no, no, you're over there. You, you're purgatory. Okay. You, no, no, boom, boom, we go to the devil. You go over to hell. Boom, boom, boom. With my mother, boom, straight through, straight through to heaven, straight through. <laughs> Whatever. Listen, on that note, uh, I hope all of you last week had a beautiful Mother's Day. Mothers are, are mothers not special? Oh, my God. I've seen all these things last week on my feed. Like, you know, the, the mothers, they keep the family together. They do everything. It's always about everyone else. They're incredible. So listen, guys, have a great week. And I'll talk to you next week. It may be some insight, inside stories on Brady and Gronkowski and Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, that's planned. But we'll see what happens. Thank God. I just hope, like my brother says, I'm on this side of the dirt. Talk to you next week. Looking for studios in the Tampa Bay area to record your podcast? Radio Influence can help. With two studios on either side of the bay, Radio Influence has you covered. Engineered and produced by longtime radio professionals, achieve the excellence in podcasting that you and your listeners deserve. For more information or to schedule studio time, email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. Radio Influence, the future is now.